Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good evening and welcome to The Fred Paul Show on ADH TV. Well, the debate over the weekend was all about whether Australia should keep the monarchy or become a republic. My colleague, Professor David Flint, explained the benefits of a constitutional monarchy on Alexandra Marshall's show on Saturday morning. The crown is important, not for the power it wields, but the power it denies others. And that's a wonderful part of the system which emerged as the constitutional monarchy evolved and really only evolved after the American War of Independence. And uh, we've had such a system since then. This is, a, this is something which has evolved through trial and error. It hasn't been some academic sitting up in uh, a government-funded office designing a perfect constitutional system adopted by some foolish political party. This has evolved over time through trial and error. And the proof of the pudding is in the eating, as they say, and the proof here is that in everything which is good in the world, in every measure, whether it be law and order, whether it be living standards, whatever it is, you will find among the top 10 and the top 20 a highly disproportionate number of constitutional monarchies. Well, a few hours later, the ABC chose a different perspective. Stacking its four-person panel at the start of the coronation broadcast with three Republicans. The first question of the night went to Wiradjura and Whalewan woman. If she identifies as Australian, she didn't say. Her name is Taylor Reid an elaborate spectacle um, for a symbol that represents an institution that's perpetrated colonisation all around the world at the expense of First Nations peoples and people of colour. At the expense of First Nations people? Colonisation seems to have been extraordinarily kind to read. She's a lawyer employed as the First Nations Lawyer in Residence at the University of Sydney, which has existed on what she calls colonised land for more than 170 years. She is certainly a lot healthier, wealthier and happier than she would have been if not for colonisation, before which life on this continent was nasty, brutish and short, especially for women. As for her dismissive description of the coronation as elaborate, well, it was a bit more than that. It was one of the most meticulously planned events of our lifetime. 
involving about 5,000 well-dressed military personnel who marched with the King either to Westminster Abbey or back to Buckingham Palace, hundreds of dignitaries invited from all over the world, an enormous but very discreet security operation to make sure it went peacefully, and a broadcast that was seen by hundreds of millions of people. It was also conspicuously woke, including a gospel choir that looked awkwardly out of place. Anyway, Taylor, do go on. For a First Nations woman like me, a Wiradjuri Wawan woman, and I think foremost as a Wiradjuri woman, um, these, these days are difficult to navigate. Well, I'm sure that having the opportunity to discuss her victim status on the national broadcaster made those difficulties all the more easy to navigate. Token monarchist Liberal MP Julian Lisa tried to lighten the mood. Um, tonight's a night to um, celebrate the British foundation uh, of Australia and some of those traditions that have uh, uh, carried on from, from Britain that have been good for Australia. I mean, we have the stability and continuity of the Crown. We are one of the six oldest continuous democracies in the world. Having dispensed with that, it was back to the finger wagging with professional victim Stan Grant, or Tan Rant, as he is sometimes known. It's nice to talk about a fantasy Australia where we share in these multiple heritage and we all live in this country where we are equal and we come to this equally. That's an Australia I'd love to believe in too. That's an Australia that our people have fought for. That's an Australia my grandfather fought for in World War II and returned to the real Australia where he was barred from entering a pub to drink with the mates that he'd served with, blocked from getting on a train to go home in the uniform he wore when he served this country. That Australia I would love to believe in. One of the golden rules of broadcasting is for the visuals to match the audio. But even at this early stage, 20 minutes into a six and a half hour broadcast, Stan had drifted so far from the topic, he may as well have been calling the Brisbane-Essendon AFL game on Channel 7. Or that's what a reasonable viewer would have thought until the other panellist, Australian Republican movement boss Craig Foster, was brought in to explain the real agenda behind the ABC's broadcast because other countries in the Commonwealth, Tila, uh, other uh, uh, countries in the Commonwealth are talking and using different terms to us because we've never been open to using them. You know, they talk about genocide. You know, they talk about crimes against humanity, which they are now recognised as. Finally, and I would say joyfully, we're starting to come to terms with these moments. And this is today is, is, is historically significant because it may, and I hope it is, but this may well be the start of a different Australia and the, the f end of the final element of the British Empire. You've probably already heard about the backlash to this, which was thoroughly reported by Sophie Ellsworth and James Madden in The Australian this morning. The online comments under their story surged past 2,500 by mid-afternoon. Readers were not only expressing contempt for the ABC's sneering coverage of the coronation, 
Most of them were from fed up taxpayers who are sick of funding this rubbish and calling for the ABC to be privatised. If federal opposition leader Peter Dutton cares to flick through those comments, he might just see hints of a policy idea that would be a popular point of distinction for his party at the next election. And why stop there? As my colleague Nick Cater pointed out, also in The Australian Today, a sensible alternative energy policy is absolutely begging to be put on the table in Australia right now. This is far more urgent than disparaging the monarchy, becoming a republic or giving Indigenous people an extra voice to parliament. Joe Biden, US President Joe Biden, is currently offering the most attractive deals in the world for investors in renewable energy. 50 billion US dollars a year for the next 10 years. This leaves fewer and fewer investors <clears throat> prepared to sign up to Chris Bowen's plan to make Australia a renewable energy superpower. No matter how sunny and windy, he keeps reminding us that this place is. The $10 billion Snowy 2.0 scheme one of the most expensive infrastructure projects in the nation's history, won't be ready until 2029 and will provide only a small percentage of Bowen's renewable target. Community resistance to the new network of high voltage wires that will supposedly connect us to these new genera generators is increasing and gas companies are being positively discouraged from operating in Australia through increased taxes on gas extraction, caps on the domestic price, delays to project approvals, and financial penalties from the government to some of their biggest clients. All this, Nick Cater says, with only mild exaggeration, is, quote, taking us further towards the government's apparent goal of making Australia the most unattractive place to invest in the known universe." Unquote. We are now at risk of slipping out of the top three gas exporters in the world by the next federal election in 2025. The debate over the weekend about whether to remain a constitutional republic or become a monarchy is way off the mark. The coronation showed that the monarchy has hardly changed in centuries. But Australia has. The real debate is whether we are still a free capitalist country. Tomorrow's federal budget will include $1.5 billion to help the most disadvantaged people pay their power bills. Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers knows he's on a winner here because similar rebates are already being handed out by the state governments in Western Australia, Victoria, South Australia and Queensland. An actually capitalistic culture would scoff at the idea of using taxpayers' money to provide, to provide relief to taxpayers. But we have become so dependent on the government, especially since the COVID lockdowns, that few people notice anymore. Even worse, none of this relief would be necessary if the government stopped meddling in the energy sector anyway. The other focus of the budget, or one of the other main focuses of the budget, will be housing, 
which is suffering from a similar malaise. We are a nation of tradies on a continent with boundless planes to share. But the federal government recently bro brokered a deal with investors from the top end of town to produce thousands of new urban dwellings called Build to Rent. The inhabitants of these properties will have grown up knowing their likelihood of ever owning real estate is about as slim as Jim Chalmers not retiring to a multi-million dollar mansion once he's handed down his last budget. Most of Labor's agenda was kept secret during the last election and so whatever, whatever the consequences, we never voted for them anyway. The widening gap between the rulers and the ruled in Australia has nothing to do with the monarchy and everything to do with the never-ending accumulation of power by politicians who, unlike Charles, are not here to serve, but be served. That's all from me tonight. Thanks for watching. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at at Fred Paul, that's F-R-E-D-P-A-W-L-E, or follow ADH on at ADHTVAUS. And you can catch all the latest from ADH's rapidly expanding lineup, including Mark Stein, Alan Jones, Damian Curry, Lyle Shelton, Alexandra Marshall, Daisy Cousins, David Flint, Nick Cater, and more by going to ADH.TV or downloading our app. Or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends, ADH is the new home for common sense commentary. And there is no shortage of things to comment about these days. I'll see you again tomorrow at 7 p.m. Good night.